For the next four weeks, uh, we're going to be having the same reading. In the sermon, I'll be unpacking uh, other scriptures. But we're going to work from the same reading for the next four weeks. And we're going to be focusing on the names that were given to the Messiah. The names that were given to Jesus. Uh, So I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honour Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea, along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Let's have a word of prayer before we continue. Father, thank you. For your holy and precious word. May our hearts and minds be open this morning to receive from you that which you want us to hear. That which will change our lives. That which will draw us nearer to yourself. For we ask it in Jesus name. Amen. So it's a a wonderful passage of hope. It's a passage of hope spoken into A situation where the the northern kingdom of Israel is facing disaster. Uh, They have uh, abandoned their God. They've uh, worshipped idols. uh, They've ignored God's commands. And much of Isaiah's message is the fact that uh, disaster is going to befall the northern kingdom of Israel. But with God, whenever uh, judgment is forecast, there's always hope. There's always a message of hope. There's always Uh, Even if it's just a glimmer, there's always a way through. And Isaiah 9 is some of that hope that God um, foresees for his people. That even though judgment and exile are coming, there's a glorious future that awaits. There's a light that will dawn even after the darkness. And in the midst of this, uh, we get this wonderful passage about God's promise about a child to be born, a son to be given, one upon whom's shoulders government will rest and whose government will increase. Now, there will be no end. And it's a passage about the Messiah, the Saviour who was to come. And therefore, it's a passage about Jesus. And right at the heart of it are these four titles that are given to the Messiah, four titles that are given to Jesus. And over the next four Sundays, We're going to unpack each of these titles and explore the character of Jesus and explore why Jesus 
is such good news and continues to be such good news to the world. So this morning we're going to unpack this first title, Wonderful Counselor. Jesus is our wonderful counsellor. What does that mean? We're going to take each word in in turn. So first of all, why is Jesus uh, wonderful? When I was a child, uh, I used to uh, lie awake at night uh, trying to work out how the TV worked. No word of a lie. I literally used to lie awake at night thinking, how how does it work? How do these people get inside? And where do they go when we turn the television off. I remember having a very vivid dream one night uh, and I was watching a programme in the dream and at the end I turned the television off and then I looked round the back and this, this little door had opened on the back of the TV and a ramp had come down and the people that had been in the programme were wandering off. This, it, was, it, was a great, it was a great concern to me when I was a child. How does the TV work? I might have said that as, that, as a child. I might have said, the TV is wonderful. It's wonderful because the word actually means it is beyond understanding. It is beyond understanding. I couldn't get my head around it. When we think of Jesus being wonderful, he is beyond our understanding. And we see the same word used in the book of Judges, chapter 13, when the angel is sent to Samson's parents. Remember Samson, Samson and Delilah. Uh, Samson's mum as so often in the Bible with key people, is not able to have children. She's barren. And then the angel comes and says that she's going to have a child and this child will be a great judge in Israel. And a a little while later, the angel returns and is speaking with Samson's father, Manoah. And uh, Manoah uh, says this in uh, uh, Judges 13, verse 17. Manoah inquired of the angel of the Lord, what's your name? So that we may honour you when your word comes true. So I want to know your name so that when the baby is born, we can praise you, we can honour you. And the, and the angel replies, why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. In other words, it, it is wonderful. It's the same word. It's translated uh, differently, but it's the same word. It means beyond understanding. If something is wonderful, it's beyond understanding. So just a... Uh, 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 a note for you ladies, uh, if your husband or your partner says that you are wonderful, that may not be the compliment that you think it is, because what they're really saying is, I don't understand you. But uh, Jesus is wonderful. He is beyond our understanding. And when you look at Jesus in the Gospels, time after time after time, people are astonished by him and astonished by what he does. We have to avoid the danger of becoming so familiar with Jesus that he becomes too small. Jesus is revealed to us as a human being. So we can relate to him and we can understand him, but we must never limit him just to being a human being. Uh, Let me just uh, mention a couple of things from Mark's gospel at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. When Jesus first starts teaching, he goes into the synagogue at Capernaum and starts teaching. What do we read? Mark chapter 1 verse 22 The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. They are in in wonder at him. Then immediately he goes on and casts out a demon from someone who is oppressed by evil. And again, the people were so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? 
What is this? He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. They couldn't understand it. Mark chapter 2, remember the famous story of the paralysed man who's let down through the roof. Jesus forgives him, Jesus heals him. And again, people, they can't get their heads around it. Uh, Mark chapter 2 verse 7, who does, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? They're, they are in wonder. They can't get their heads around who this Jesus is. A little later on, as we were, were thinking in our studies in Luke a few uh, weeks ago, there's an occasion where Jesus calms a storm. And once the storm is calmed, uh, the disciples, we read in Mark's Gospel, uh, chapter 4, verse 41, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. There is something truly uh, wonderful about Jesus. And uh, the problem, part of our problem is the word wonderful has been uh, sort of devalued. You know, we, we apply it to all sorts of things. So we, um, you know, our, our football team scores a goal and we say, oh, wasn't it a wonderful goal? Uh, well, I suppose depending on your team, sometimes it is beyond understanding that they actually managed to score. But we kind of devalue the word. It, it's, um, you know, when we think about Jesus, it is someone who is actually beyond our comprehension. He is so wonderful. I've, I've noted as I've been reading through the Bible this year, so many times when people encounter God in the Old Testament, they end up face down in worship because they see the, the in, a, in a right sense of the word, the awesomeness and the majesty of God. And they end up face down. Well, the Bible says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So when we encounter Jesus, we encounter that God and the, the right place to end up is face down in worship before him. I was, as I was praying this morning, I just suddenly had this, I just had this um, just sense of how insignificant I am. In the, in the grand scheme of things, in the scope of the universe and the enormity of the universe, I'm not even a, you know, an ant's toe clipping. I don't know if ants have toes that they clip, but, uh, you know, we are so insignificant. And I was just, I was sat there thinking, in the grand scheme of the universe, that's how tiny I am. And yet, the God who created the universe loves me and sent his son Jesus to die for, I, I can't get my, I can't get my head around it. It's truly wonderful. It is beyond comprehension and yet it is true. Do you have that sense of wonder about Jesus? When you come to worship, even this morning as you were tuning in at half past ten, did you have that sense of this is going to be a wonderful time? Because I'm going to encounter Jesus. I don't know if you remember the film, um, watching the film The Lion, The Witch and the Wardrobe. It's been out quite a number of years now. But there's a, there's a lovely scene towards the start of the film where um, Lucy, the youngest child, walks through the back of the wardrobe and into Narnia for the very first time. And, uh, and as she walks through the wardrobe, she sort of pushes through the, the branches of the tree. And there's this, this amazing look of just amazement and wonder in her face, her eyes are like saucers and she can't, you know, she literally can't take it all in. And when they made the film, 
that was the very first time she had seen the set. They didn't let her see the set until they filmed that opening scene because they wanted, really they wanted her not to be acting, but to actually be just amazed at this set that they had built. And so you get this very natural look of wonder in her eyes as she, as she kind of takes it all in. Well, that's how it should be for us when we approach Jesus and when we come into his presence, that we, we, are, we wonder, we are filled with wonder at who he truly is. He is wonderful. But he's not just wonderful, he's our wonderful counsellor. He's our wonderful counsellor. In the Old Testament, uh, counsellors were often seen as 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 wise kings. You think of someone like Solomon, the wisest king of the Old Testament, uh, who had so much wisdom that people came from all over the known world to speak with him. Uh, in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 34, we read, People of all nations came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. Well, Jesus, the Messiah, is our king of kings. He is the most wise. He is the greatest counsellor. He is uh, God himself. In uh, A bit later on in, in uh, Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 8, 29, uh, we read this about the Lord Almighty. The Lord Almighty is wonderful in counsel and magnificent in wisdom. Wonderful in counsel and magnificent in wisdom. That is who God is. And Jesus came to us as the image of the invisible God. If you need advice, if you need wisdom, who is it that you go to. A few weeks ago, I, I needed some advice. So I went to a, a dear friend of mine, Andy, who's known me for 11 or 12 years, and we shared a lot together over the years. And I went to him for two reasons. Firstly, he knows me really well. And secondly, he's very wise. And he always has good advice to give me, and he asks pertinent questions, and he's always Helpful, And that's what we do. When we need advice, we go to someone who knows us well and who's wiser than we are, who actually has something beneficial to share with us. Well, Jesus knows us better than anyone. He knows us better even than we know ourselves. Uh, there's a verse uh, towards the beginning of, of John's Gospel where um, uh, it's a passage where Jesus is basically not, uh, he knows what we're like. So well that he never entrusts himself to other human beings because he knows how fickle we are and he knows how fickle his disciples are going to be. In John's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 25, we read, he did not need anyone's testimony about him. He did not need anyone's testimony about them because he knew what was in them. He knew what they were going to be like. He knows what we are like. He knows everything about us. Uh, Psalm 139, uh, first few verses, uh, we read this. O Lord, you've searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. Jesus knows absolutely everything about you. In fact, he knows, he knows 
it's stuff about you and me that we don't even know because he knows everything we're going to say in the rest of the day and everything we're going to do and everything we're going to say in the rest of our lives. He knows us intimately and he also knows what it's like to live a human life. The book of uh, the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 15. Uh, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. So in terms of finding someone to give us advice who knows our lives inside out, you will never find anyone who knows you more than Jesus does. He knows us intimately and he loves us. So he knows us intimately, but also he has the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. Paul, in his letter to the Colossians, chapter 2, verse 3, uh, uh, 2 and 3, he writes this. Paul says, my purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Everything that you could possibly need to know, Jesus knows it. Anything you might need to know about your life, any advice that you might need, Jesus has this wisdom. In John's Gospel, Jesus is speaking to his friends, speaking to them about what is to come after he ascends to his Father in heaven. And he makes them a promise that when he ascends to his Father in heaven, he will send them the Holy Spirit, who he describes as a counsellor. Uh, John fourteen sixteen. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor, to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Uh, verse 26, the counsellor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So Jesus sends, the Father sends the Holy Spirit once the Son ascends into heaven. And the Holy Spirit comes as our counsellor who teaches us all things and reminds us of everything that Jesus taught us. So in terms of finding a counsellor, you'll never find anyone better than Jesus because he knows us inside out and he has the wisdom of heaven to share with us. So what are we to do? How do we, how do we respond if we are presented with this wonderful counsellor? Uh, what are we to do? Well, the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament has this advice, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So as you look at your life, and as you look to the future, and as you uh, puzzle about things in your life, and you wonder about what decisions to make about this and that, and as you... Um, uh, you know, look to the future and think, well, what am I going to do? What is my life going to look like? Where am I going to get advice from? The uh, Bible says, acknowledge the Lord. Put him first. Surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Surrender to him because he loves you and he cares for you. Put him first and he will make your paths straight. Uh, Paul, in his letter 
to the Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 has this advice. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Put God first, know that he cares for you. And then when you're wondering about your life, when you're anxious, when you're not sure what to do, when you need advice about this or that situation, know that you can go to him. And with prayer and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Ask him for help. Ask him for wisdom. So many times over the years I've been in situations where I have simply not known what to do. Sometimes, as I say, you know, I go to friends who know me well and I go to friends who I know will be able to give me wise advice. But sometimes, often, my friends have not known what to do. In those moments, it's wonderful to know that I can go to the Lord. And so often over the years, God has given me wisdom, wisdom to know what to do. God has directed me through his word. God has spoken into my mind, into my soul and given me, given me a peace. He's a wonderful counsellor. He loves us. Uh, again, Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, chapter 3, verse 18. This was his prayer for them. He says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. We've kind of gone, um, you know, full circle. We started with Jesus being Wonderful, beyond our understanding. And now we've arrived back at that, that Paul prays for Christians that they would know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. This, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, it's beyond our understanding. The love of God for us is truly wonderful. And because he loves us, he wants to share our lives with us and give us wisdom to be our counsellor. So do you know that Jesus is your wonderful counsellor? He has a love for you that is, will always be beyond your comprehension. But it is a love that is true. And because he loves you, he wants to help you with your life. This season of Advent that we're just beginning, the most wonderful thing about the season of Advent is it gives us the opportunity to consider again the claims of Jesus Christ. And the most wonderful gift you could ever receive during Advent is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, which he offers to you and is there for the taking. We're going to pray and we're going to have an opportunity to turn to Jesus, our wonderful counsellor, this morning. And maybe even in these moments you can turn to him and accept him as your saviour as the one who loves you but let's take some uh, time uh, to pray together